If you've been struggling under a mountain of student debt, or you're at college at the moment and you're facing a massive debt pile when you graduate, or you know people who are struggling to pay off their student loans, you were probably a little bit relieved when Joe Biden announced student debt relief. By contrast, if you've already paid off your debt, or you simply never went to college, you might have been a little bit aggrieved that they're being favoured over you. Regardless of which side you're on, you would have been watching with interest what is going on with student debt relief, and whether it was even legal for the Biden administration to use their executive power in this way. Now against this backdrop, many people have weighed in, and Michael Burry is no exception. Michael Burry, most famous for the big short, has now come out against student debt relief. In a tweet, Michael Burry specifically stated, Let's not forget that the student debt problem is built on a foundation of terrible major choices. Bailing generations out for those bad choices will mean more bad choices, tuition hikes, and terrible consequences for America. Now, Michael Burry doesn't seem to be a particularly big fan of the Democrats or of Joe Biden, so his stance might not be particularly surprising. But nevertheless, he's argued against student debt relief. Now, Michael Burry's stance is a little bit controversial. Many people agree with him, but not everyone does. And we can see this in the comments on Michael Burry's tweet. For example, one of them was relatively negative, stating, Cutting the student debt will benefit the economy. An entire generation need to have their shackles removed, as they become the dominant labor force. And they will now have the new ability to save for housing and spend in local economies. However, a reply disagrees with that, stating, Cutting student debt is not only a burden on the taxpayers, but it's also an inflationary trigger. Why not show your anger and disapproval at the university system that annually rips you off and does a terrible job of managing the ample budgets? So it's not clear-cut that student debt relief is in fact unanimously supported. It does however beg the question of whether Michael Burry is correct and whether we've got any investable implications from what Michael Burry is saying. His first argument is about college majors and the idea that one of the reasons for massive student debt problems is that many people chose the wrong major and that major was never actually going to lead to a lucrative career to enable them to pay off that debt. Michael Burry is probably thinking about a hypothetical arts degree that wasn't teaching practical skills and therefore would not enable the person to get a job that would pay off the student debt to begin with. And this is why they end up being loaded with this debt for a very long time. However, if we dig a little bit deeper into this, there's probably more to the story. For example, CNBC recently put out an article that went through some of the worst-paying college majors. They found that many of the worst-paying majors were actually in education. This is interesting, and it creates a little bit of an issue. Many of these education majors are necessary for, quote-unquote, society. That is, we need primary school and secondary school teachers. And there's often a shortage of teachers in many areas. However, many of those teachers aren't necessarily paid that well. Oftentimes they're government salaries, and the government salaries aren't increasing very much, and or they're going to be capped. This means that person might be saddled with a lot of debt, but then they'll end up with a career that simply by how it's structured is not ever going to be lucrative. The normal rules of supply and demand don't seem to apply in teaching. After all, we seem to have a dearth of teachers, but the solution seems not to be increasing salaries to encourage people to do teaching, or encourage higher quality teachers, rather the solution seems to be burying our heads in the sand. This obviously leads to the teacher shortage exacerbating. One possible solution is to maybe make teaching degrees a little bit less costly, particularly for higher quality graduates going in. That is not a perfect solution, and it really is a band-aid solution. But what I'm getting at here is that some of these college majors are going to be necessary for us to have, even though they're not paying very well. And something needs to be done to some extent 
to incentivize people to go in that industry. I probably advocate for salaries being more adjustable based on performance and supply and demand rather than adjusting the cost of the college major, but that is a separate issue. So in short, Michael Borey makes a good point here, but it doesn't seem to apply to all majors, particularly majors in fields that we need, but aren't necessarily paying very well. All of this said, Michael Borey does have a point. Choosing the wrong major or the wrong college can lead someone to having college debt that they have no reasonable way of actually paying off. In some cases, this is the college's fault. Maybe they overhyped a degree that never was really going to lead to a career. Or maybe the college is a pernicious for-profit institution that misled people into thinking it was actually legitimate and would give rise to decent jobs. However, in many other cases, people simply failed to do due diligence. They didn't look up what salaries were likely to be earned after graduating from either that major or that institution. They simply didn't look up the league tables or the myriad resources that would tell you what the graduate salaries are. After all, the CNBC article that went through teacher salaries, well, it pointed out what the salaries are. People were making a voluntary choice to do some of these majors, even though the salaries were quite low. One can argue, of course, that there's a public good in having people doing these majors, but that's a very separate issue of people doing due diligence, knowing at the time that they were going to be saddled with massive student debt, even though they were not necessarily going to earn a good income. And that's something that is really quite different, and something for which people do actually need to take some personal responsibility for. So Michael Burry makes a good point, albeit one that is a little bit too generalized. Michael Burry's next point is about bailouts, bad incentives, and potentially the tragedy of the commons. Michael Burry specifically states, bailing generations out of those bad choices about college majors and the choice of college will mean more bad choices, tuition hikes, and terrible consequences for America. Now here, Michael Burry is making several sub-points. The first sub-point is about bailouts and how those affect the incentives. So say, for example, we have a bank. The bank has made a ton of really risky loans, and those loans have now soured. The bank then has a liquidity problem and a solvency problem. As a result of this, the government comes in and bails that bank out. The government does this because the bank is systemically important, or the government is trying to shore up the financial system. However, the incentive effect of this is that the bank might realize it can make these risky loans knowing that it will be bailed out. Furthermore, that bank's rivals also see this, and those rival firms realize that maybe they too can make risky loans and the government will come in and support them. And this therefore leads to more risky loans being generated. Now, that's a simplistic example. In the global financial crisis, we had some bailouts of that nature. However, the banks, and many of the employees more to the point, suffered significant consequences. Many investment bankers lost their job as a result. So it's not as if these bailouts were totally consequence-free. However, it did to some extent reduce the consequences for the bank as an institution, if not necessarily for the people actually involved. Nevertheless, in the student debt situation, we'd have the government coming in, bailing people out for their choice of college major or their choice of college. And this therefore creates incentive effects. It means that person now realizes they can advocate to the government to have their debt relieved in the future, potentially advocate for more government support. That is, it creates an incentive effect with respect to what that person expects from the government. It creates an expectation of even bigger government going forward, as opposed to more personal responsibility. Furthermore, future students will realize that they too can rack up student debt, and the government might come in and bail them out. and then creates an incentive to go out and get as much student debt as possible, or at least to defer paying as long as possible, so that they can potentially get bailed out themselves. This therefore creates more of an incentive to go out and do more of these college majors that won't necessarily create a career. Now, even if there isn't a certainty of that bailout, 
there's certainly a probability of that occurring, which reduces the risk of choosing badly with your college or a college major, and therefore reduces the need to do due diligence yourself. And this creates a bad incentive. It also creates bad incentives for the colleges, because the colleges realize that maybe their students will be bailed out, and therefore they can do more of these potentially nonsense degrees or nonsense majors that were never actually going to generate a job, knowing full well the government might just come in and save either the person and or the college. The next issue is about the tragedy of the commons. If the government is coming in and effectively reducing student loans, potentially writing off student loans, then it means the college might ultimately become closer to tuition-free. And this can be a problem. Even in countries which have low-cost tuition, talking countries like Australia or the UK, college still at least costs some money. Furthermore, when it is costing them some money up front but they're not paying the full cost, they're often paying it later on in the form of taxation. And this is something that's often glossed over with the free tuition crowd. The problem with this, of course, is that when tuition becomes completely free, it means people use too much tuition. They do too many majors or too many subjects that aren't necessarily that useful. Too many things that might be interesting, but don't really lead to skill building or career building. Things that might not really actually generate that much value, either for the individual from a career perspective, or then more generally from an economic growth perspective. When people are consuming too much of this, it means that you end up with too many resources being consumed because that person is not bearing the full cost. It also leads to too much supply of those at colleges. Now, in terms of tuition hikes, Michael Burry does have a little bit of a point here. After all, if colleges realize the government might come in and bail out students, or the government might just come in and write off student debt, then these colleges don't really need to reduce tuition fees, and as a result, tuition can potentially go up. Now, it's not quite as bad as it sounds. Colleges do need to charge money because they need to run various things. They need to employ people. After all, professors aren't working for free, particularly in business fields. They also need to run the institution, create those buildings and those college grounds and pay for athletes and all of the other things that people seem to like, but aren't really actually free. Free college can't really exist as a free thing because people aren't going to work at these colleges out of the goodness of their heart. Money needs to come from somewhere. The next issue, of course, is about terrible consequences for America. And this, to some extent, might be a little bit hyperbolic. I assume here he's getting the idea that if the government comes in and bailouts students, i.e. it needs to spend government money to write off these loans, and then in that case, taxation ultimately needs to increase. After all, free college is not ultimately free. And as a result, it results in a larger government expenditure, which then ultimately either results in larger government deficits and or more taxation, and or potentially both, and or also building in a structural deficit that is generally not great economically. The question is then, what investment implications, if any, are there from the student loan bailout or from Michael Burry's tweet? Well, to my mind, these are slightly indirect, and they come largely from the symbolism of the student loan bailout. They suggest to me that a Biden administration is willing to do moves to score political points, even if they don't make a lot of economic sense. We already saw this with the 1% buyback tax, and Joe Biden's desire to increase that buyback tax to 4%, which is not in any way granted in the empirical finance literature. Nevertheless, the administration wants to undertake those moves. Similarly with the student loan bailout. It isn't necessarily that well economically granted, but it does certainly shore up the base. This suggests that you want to be careful with industries that are potentially in the administration's crosshairs even if those industries are incredibly vital at this point in the economy. So, for example, oil and gas or coal are still incredibly important in the economy at the moment, 
even if they're becoming less so. But they are in the administration's crosshairs. So you have to be careful when investing in those, and you need to make sure that those companies are likely to be able to weather the administration's storm and or potentially benefit from the reduction in fossil fuel supply, and therefore inadvertently actually get a profit uplift. And you can see parallels in myriad other industries that might either be supported by the administration or decried by the administration. And be careful with the regulatory risk that might arise. In terms of other practical implications, we can also talk about where one might actually go for education if you want to avoid these massive student loans. And in particular here, I'm looking at platforms such as DataCamp, which are really quite cheap, but teach you a ton of information about, say, coding in Python or various other coding languages which is clearly going to be a way to upskill, clearly going to be a way for you to try to get ahead in the workforce without spending a ton of money on a degree program that might not create that much value. And you can sign up using my link in the description below, and that would A, give you a discount, but also really help out this channel. So it would be great if you did that. If you have any thoughts about this, let me know that in the comments below. And otherwise, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, and hopefully I see you for future videos as well.